blood has been shed that we can enjoy these truths, enjoy these things taking place. However, it all comes to pass in the Word of God that we are living not in the last days, Melissa, but in the last of the last days. I'm here to say soon and very soon we shall going to see the king. Do I have a friend in the house? Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'm going to fly away to a land on God's celestial shore. I'm going to fly away. I'm going to take a trip on that good old gospel ship. I'm going past the moon, past the Milky Way, to a place called heaven to live with the man called Jesus and dwell there forever. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one that saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. Aren't you glad this morning that there is a promise that we have that God is returning for his children. In Titus 2 and 13, it talks about two truths. The first truth is there is a blessed hope that we have. And that blessed hope is the sudden return, the mystical, mysterious, secret return of Jesus Christ. The next time this happens, he will come in the air and he will come for us. Then there is the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ when he will return riding a white horse and you and I will be joining him riding a white horse to usher in the kingdom that he has promised from the foundation of the world. So we're looking for that event called the rapture, which means to be caught up to meet the Lord in the clouds. Isaiah 40 and 31, one of the most quoted verses in the Bible, talks about the sudden mysterious return of Christ and says, they that wait... There are three definitions for the word wait. One definition would be wait, to wait for somebody, to, uh, to, to at a point in time to go and do something with them. If you told me you're going to take me to the best bass lake in America and I had to be ready at 5 a.m., I'd be up at 4 a.m. Do I have a friend? Yeah. Uh, the other definition of the word wait is to minister to someone, to wait as a waiter or a waitress. The third definition, which is the Hebrew word kaval, which is in Isaiah 40 and 31, means to bind together. It means to wrap together. It means to gather together. I believe that's the Old Testament promise of the rapture for they that wait upon the Lord. Watch this. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I believe he's coming. I believe he's coming for a people that are watching and waiting for him. The Bible says he's coming as a thief in the night. And those, are, those that are watching and waiting will not be caught off guard. But those that aren't watching and waiting are going to be surprised when they read the paper tomorrow. And it says millions disappear from all over the world. Every nation of the world, every tongue and kindred and people and nation. And they read the newspaper and say, oh man, I missed it. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a day. That's an appointment. That's an event. You don't want to miss. I promise you, you don't want to miss that. Uh, I, want to, I want to take a few minutes today and, and just share some truths. I'm only going to take just a few minutes. I wrote some notes down here. But I want to talk a little bit about the last days. We went into detail a few Sundays ago. Matthew 24 and 14 says that when this gospel, it talks about wars, rumors of wars, talks about earthquakes, famines, peasants, all those things taking place. But then it makes a statement. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness, 
and then shall the end come. That prophecy was fulfilled in your generation. That prophecy was fulfilled when satellite television started touching the world, every nation of the world. Today, every nation of the world has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, every nation. And that's a promise that we have, that that would, that would take place and that would transpire. But in Matthew 24 and 14 promises that when that takes place, then shall the end be. To you and I, the end is only the beginning. Hello. I said to you and I, the end is only the beginning. We've been invited to a wedding, and guess what? We're the bride, and we're going to fellowship with the bridegroom for a long time, and we're going to dwell in his presence forever. That's a good report today. Luke 21 and 28 is also what you call, there are four apocalyptic prophecies in the Bible. There are four. And one is in Matthew 24, one is in Luke 21 and 28. It talks about uh, the last days, all the things that will take place. Then it says this, And when all these things begin to come to pass, then lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. I'm here to tell you that our redemption is upon us, that we have been redeemed by blood, divine glory, glory. Christ is mine, all to him I now reside. I have been, do I have a redeemed person in the house? I have been, been redeemed. Don't look for me to be in the place I used to be. There's been a change in me. I've found a better way. I said, I've found a better way. I said, don't look for me to be. Do I have a friend in the house? Can you relate where he has brought you from? If you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, then you'll know why I'm excited. I only had two cups of coffee today, so this is not a caffeine rush. This is a Calvary rush. Have you been to the river? Have you been baptized? Are you washed in the blood of a lamb? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Do you have any blood washed people in the building today? Aren't you glad that you're a part of the family of God? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Joint heirs with Jesus. Washed by his blood. A new name written down in glory. Look at somebody say, there's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. And one day he is going to call me by that name. And I'm going to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You got involved. You made a difference. You did what you were supposed to do. Good job. And they're going to be awesome to hear him say, good job. And we can say back to him, good job, God. As you've done a good job too, providing the promises that you've said. Uh, let me get my glasses to see where we're at. We're somewhere in Timothy. 2 Timothy is the third apocalyptic prophecy in the Bible. And it says this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, boasters, proud, covetous, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. The Bible says those things will be dominant in the last days. We know in 1 Timothy 4 and 1 that the Spirit speaks expressively that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And Josh, we see that all around us, doctrines of devils. We've seen people being seduced away from the things of God to pursue other things. These are promises that would take place in the last days. In 1 Peter 3 and 8, I want to, I want to illustrate this morning if I can. The Bible says that a day with the Lord is a thousand years. A day with the Lord is a thousand years. According to our calendar, we have only been upon this earth 6,000 years. 
according all if you count back from Adam till now, our 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 established earth as we know it is six thousand years old. According to God, our earth is only six days old. God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day He rested. That's called the millennium. The calendar says we will occupy this earth for 6,000 years and then there's going to be a departure and there's going to be that blessed, that blessed hope and we're going to go to the presence of God and there's going to be 1,000 years of peace after the seven years of great tribulation. I want to illustrate if I can. The first 1,000 years or the first day that we recognize civilization and life, we recognize it through Adam. Adam lived to be over 900 years old. Uh, Michael, would you join me? on the podium here and would you represent Adam? So a thousand a thousand years of our history as we know it is found in the life of Adam. He didn't live to be a thousand nine hundred and fifty some odd years old and then he died. The second day of earth I want Pastor Todd to come and I want him to represent Noah. Noah was five hundred years old when God called him. Noah spent 120 years to build the ark, and then after the world was saved, God spared the world. Noah lived several hundred years. So the second day of civilization, as you know it, is represented by Noah. I want Christine to come, and I want you to represent Abraham. Abraham was the generation of the Jew. It was the generation of Israel. It was a generation of God's people. God called, and so... Today, Christine is going to represent Abraham, which represents day three of our existence. Our fourth is going to be Bailey. And Bailey, you are this, this morning, you're going to represent Jesus. And you're going to represent, you're going to represent Jesus and Jesus on the fourth day. How ironic that Jesus came, represents your 4,000. How ironic, Gene, that the son, S-U-N, was created on the fourth day of creation. And Jesus lived the fourth day of our creation, 4,000 years. And then all of a sudden, you have something unusual take place, and the next two years is represented by the church. Josh, would you come and re represent the church today? So look, look here and see what we have. We have Adam, which represents sin, we have Noah, which represents judgment. We have Abraham, which represents covenant. We have the church, which represents... We have, we have Jesus, which represents salvation. And we have the church, which represents destiny. And then I need one more. Cheryl, would you come? And would you represent... Cheryl represents the millennium. We are 6,000 6, years in this. We are about to transition into two days, 4,000 years, 2,000 years ago, Christ died for us, is resurrected from the grave. So our civilization as we know it, here it is. It's these seven containers right here that represent from the start to the finish, the second coming, the soon coming, the imminent return of Jesus Christ. If we are going to, if we are going to enjoy millennium, there's a change that's about to take place, David. I'm here to tell you the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Thank you, guys. Would you give them a hand? Clap. Just, just
Did this help you this morning to see where we are in ministry, where we are in the things of God? In the rapture, Jesus will not return to the earth. He'll return to the, af- the atmosphere in the hemisphere. He will not touch down upon the earth, but he will come in the clouds. And then we which are alive and remain and are watching for him are going to see him come. He's going to come like a thief in the night. Matthew 24 and 40 says, one shall be in the, Two shall be in the bed, one shall be taken, one shall be left. Two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, one shall be left. And this rapture, as we, as we rapture out to meet Christ, we're going to go to heaven. God's going to introduce us to his, Jesus is going to introduce us to his father. And then there's going to be a wedding. And what a wedding is going to be. It's going to be a seven-year celebration where the church celebrates Christ and Christ celebrates the church. And it'll be a time of rejoicing, a time of renewal, a time of refreshing. And there's a song that says, I think it's by Canned Heat, I'm going where the water tastes like wine. You can jump in the water and stay drunk all the time in the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad that we'll be drinking from that fountain that he has provided, that will be under that covering that he has sustained, that we will be in the presence of the Lord with that new name that's written down in glory. Gene, I don't know what your new name is. I don't know what my new name is, but I promise you, if we get there and we don't like it, we'll change names. How's that? Is that a good deal? We are going to enjoy this trip. We're going to enjoy where we're going. And then after the rapture of the church, after the seven years, there's going to be the return of Christ. He will actually return you and I. We were in white garments and we'll be riding on white horses and he will get off his horse and he will touch foot, his foot on the Mount of Olives. There's going to be an earthquake and a river is going to flow from his foot to the, Gal- the Sea of Galilee. And there for 1,000 years, there's going to be peace and harmony and anointing and favor and blessing where the lion lays down with the lamb, where we study war no more, where we celebrate for 1,000 years, the devil will be bound and tossed into a bottomless pit. You say, well, what will he be doing? He'll be falling. The pit is bottomless. <laughs> just a thought, just a, just, a, just a revelation. And for 1,000 years, that is when God is going to remarry Israel, and there's going to be another wedding. We're going to celebrate for 1,000 years. And then the Bible says that we will, we will occupy and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever is a long time. Right. Would you like to know how long forever is? Janice, if you were to ask a hummingbird to go to the coast of California and pick up one grain of sand and ask that hummingbird to fly all the way across the United States to the coast of New York and deposit that sand, by the time that hummingbird had picked up every single grain of sand off the 1,000-mile coastline of California and deposited all that sand on the coast of New York City, When that hummingbird completed that task, can you imagine? That would be the first second of eternity. That's how long forever is. The Bible says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither entered in the imagination of the heart of man the thing that God has prepared for them. If God did such an incredible day, six days on this earth, I think our earth is phenomenal. I think it's amazing. I think the volcanoes, the mountains, the waterfalls, the oceans, it is an amazing place. God did this 
in six days. But here's what Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled, John 14 and 1 through 5. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Everyone has a mansion, custom made by Jesus. He knows you better than anybody else. He knows what you like. If you like Nintendo, let me tell you something. You're going to have a t Nintendo system like you've never seen before on earth. Hello. Anything that you like, anything you enjoy, he's going he's to raise it up to the nth degree. And it's going to be a wonderful place. It's going to be a wonderful opportunity. When I think about Jesus and I think about the thief in the night return, I, I'm reminded of in the day of Christ, the day of Jesus, it was the tradition, it was the lifestyle that if a young man saw a young lady that he was attracted to, and you got to realize this attraction is very interesting because when the young lady came to womanhood, every time she went out in public, she covered her face, her nose down. And so the only thing that was exposed was her eyes. But somehow that young man would see those eyes, and he would flirt with those eyes, and he would do stupid aerobics in front of those eyes and then he decided that he fell in love with those eyes so he would make an appointment and he would go to the girl's dad and they would sit down and there they would talk about a covenant there they would talk about a dowry there they would talk about a gift and before he left that table he was required to give a certain amount of silver or gold coins usually 30 and when the deal had been made, the contract had been signed, they sealed it by a glass of wine, Josh. That sealed the covenant. Then that young man left his father's house and he went and began to prepare a place for his bride. He had to build it not just big enough for her and he to dwell in, but however children he thought they might have, he had to add rooms for family. It was the father that oversaw the project because the guy, knowing he's getting the bride, he just put a pup tent up, then go get his bride. But that wouldn't work. He had to wait till the father said it was time. Well, while meanwhile, back at the bride's house, all the brides and all the maids are waiting for the bridegroom to come. They knew he was going to come like a thief in the night. They knew he would come with the wedding party. They knew that he would shout, Behold, your bridegroom cometh. That was the way... It was played out, and because that was, they were waiting for that voice, they were waiting for that bridegroom, there were some other guys in the village that thought it was funny if they went to the girl's house at midnight and shouted, Behold, your bridegroom cometh. And they would bring the bride to the window, and she would listen, and then she would say, No, that's not his voice. That's, my, that's not my bridegroom. That's just some jerk messing with us. <laughs> Hello. When the dad said it was time, the groom went to the bride's house, and shouted up to the balcony, Behold, your bridegroom coming. And then they would escort her out the window, out down the side of the house there. And she would go with him, and they'd go back to the father's house. And there, there would be a wedding, and they would celebrate, and they would rejoice, and they would have a good time. That's a great story, isn't it? But aren't you glad this morning that we are the bride of Christ, 
and we've been purchased with more than 30 pieces of silver. We've been purchased with the blood of the lamb that was shed from the foundation of the world. And Jesus sat down with the Father and said, I'm going to prepare a place for them to live forever, and I'm going to get it done. And when it's done, I want you to send me back, because like a thief in the night, I'm going to go, and I'm going to declare my voice over my church, and they're going to rise up, and they're going to meet me, and I'm going to bring them back here, and we're going to get married, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to rejoice forever and forever. Why? Because we have a covenant right here that promises that we belong to him. I'm my beloved, and he is mine, and his banner over me is love. Amen. Do I have a friend in the house this morning? Seven. Just for a moment, as every head is bowed, as every eye is closed, as we come to the conclusion of this season. If you're here today and you've wandered away from the things of God, or if you're here today and you know you're not where you need to be, and you're here today and you say, you know, I, just, I need to make a new covenant. I need, to re, I need to reestablish myself in God and the things of God. I just I want, I, want to, I want to go in that direction this morning with my life. If that's where you're at, would you just put your hand up, put it right back down between you and God, no one else? Yes, is there another? Yes, is there another? God sees every hand. God sees every heart. And this morning, God speaks restoration. He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this morning, as we have lifted our hand, we have lifted our heart, Father, we ask you to redeem us by the blood of your Son. We acknowledge that we have failed and come short your glory. We, we acknowledge that we're not where we need to be, but we also acknowledge the desire to, to get where we need to be and to be where we're supposed to be. Wash away our sins. Forgive us of our mistakes and transgressions. Allow us to be a part of the family again. Renew that covenant. Restore that covenant. Let us leave this house looking, looking for that blessed hope and looking for the glorious appearing. The first time you're coming for us, the second time we're coming with you. And what a day that will be. And we're excited about that. We give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. And they all said, Amen. Amen.